Welcome to another episode of the PPC Show, where we interview the best and brightest in paid marketing. I'm your host, J.D. Prater, Director of Growth Marketing at AdStage. And we're back for part two, where we're joined by Mary Maroud, Associate Creative Director at AimClear. And in this section, we're going to be talking about trusting the Facebook algorithm, the updates to audience insights and custom audiences, and most importantly, Facebook ad creative best practices. We just released our Q1 paid media benchmark report, so make sure that you grab your copy by clicking on the link in the show notes. And for all of you guys out there, you guys can listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, and TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. Let's get to the show. I also think it will encourage some other advertisers to let go of targeting and kind of let the algorithm and uh, based on conversion bidding goals kind of do its thing, which I mean, I've seen work really well. Um, Facebook has been trying to get us to do this for years. Um, and because quote, it worked really well for Netflix. Um, and they were talking to us about a client who does like B2B sales software that costs like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we're like, yeah, like great for consumer brands. Like, I think we need a little more targeting qualifying on, um, on B2B or like really, really niche products. So certainly, um, have, have a targeting layer that qualifies, but I think that, you know, kind of giving it up to, um, the algorithm is, is worth a test too. Um, I, I think this will also encourage Facebook engineers and Facebook data people to go back to the drawing board when it comes to targeting. Um, Facebook data is so cool and we tell Facebook so much about ourselves and because we are connected with people, Facebook knows that we're connected to those people and Facebook knows, you know, what kind of household you live in because you're all, you know, accessing Facebook off of the same, you know, IP. And so they, they understand your household and probably more than we think that they do. So I think it will, I think they'll come up with more segments to replace that third party data targeting. Maybe not all of it, but certainly they'll come up with some cool things. Um, that's a prediction. Um, I also think they'll come up with segments we haven't thought about or segments we wished were possible. Um, for example, they had graduate targeting maybe like two or three years ago in the spring. So they had like people who were graduates in 2015, let's say, and then parents of graduates of 2015, which was great because graduation is such a, a turning point and like a life cycle reset. So like, you know, your kids leaving the house um, and whether that makes you an empty nester or you have, you know, other kids that you're still raising, um, you know, you have to help your kid get to this next stage in their life typically. So you're buying things, you're helping guide them through the process. Um, it's also a very emotional time for parents as well. And then for the graduates um, who are graduating high school, for example, they're going off to college. They may need to be on like a different phone plan depending on the service availability. They may um, you know, be buying a car because they're not going to be around mom and dad anymore. They may, um, you know, need a new bank account that's connected to their university. There are so many like big things that are really, really hard to um, predict when someone will change a bank. But like we know that like 
they go to college, like, and, uh, you know, TCF is connected to the University of Minnesota Duluth, like, that's a great opportunity for, like, the right person and the right time. I haven't seen graduation targeting for, like, two years in Facebook, and it's like, why? Like, you have this data, like, you know, like, these, you know, high school seniors have been sending you signals that, like, they're about to graduate, and you, you know it, like, and you know who their parents are by, like, who they're connected to on Facebook. You can probably even know their, like, grandparents. And I think, um, I think you would also, like, break that out even deeper into high school graduates and college graduates. And also, like, college graduates who are, you know, 45, right? So, like, someone graduating with a degree at 45 is in a different life stage or, like, has different needs than someone who's graduating college at 22. Like, totally different. So, like, those, like, that kind of targeting is so possible in Facebook and it's, like, I just wish they would surface that. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think every EDU uh, wants that. <laughs> wants that. Yeah. yeah. I think to, to your point there, uh, just to kind of, like, jump in, um, was... I think you mentioned a really couple things. Um, like Facebook is optimizing for us. They're doing a lot of great stuff mm-hmm. around bidding, around optimizing for conversions, right? And it may not necessarily apply to you. You may not have you know 50 conversions per week per ad set, right? To really take full advantage of it. But I do think it's it, it is extremely valuable to you know give some stuff up to the algorithm and to trust Facebook and to kind of let them take over some things. And there's a lot of things that Mary just mentioned that they, they can't do, right? Like they don't own your strategy. They, they can help you with targeting options, but it's up to you to select those and to do the research. And that's the part that's not gonna go away. Like that's the part of uh, your job that you're always going to have, mm-hmm. which is a nice part because I don't want to be in there, like, <laughs> messing with bids yeah, all the time. I don't want to be just the channel jockey, just, <laughs> no. like, pushing levers and, like, yeah, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, so, like, to your point, like, giving it up to the algorithm is 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 a bold move. And I think when we say trust the algorithm, I almost, like, think people are, like, booing and hissing in their <laughs> yes. car. Like, their of course they are. They're like, ah, oh, trust Facebook? No, no way. But think about it. Like Facebook has so much data on us as users and much, 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 much more data and like nuanced data that we could even conceive of targeting um, as an operator. So they're looking at way more data points per user than than we can even think of or would even really um, would, would even think about or they're you know, maybe signals that a user is sending to Facebook that like we wouldn't thread that needle that like that's a signal that they would buy our product. Um, for example, like my if, if you were a hairstylist or like a barbershop and you have like a really awesome, you know, colorist and like that's what you're advertising. Um, for example, my hair right now is a many shades of, of pink um, <laughs> for the most part. And so quite honestly, like there's nothing on my profile aside from photos that would, you know, lead an advertiser like myself to know that I would be a proponent for this service. And I, I don't quite honestly, like I don't know what that signal would look like or would be like what, what 
does a person who would color their hair pink or green or blue or something that's just like not natural, like what what would those signals be? I don't, I'm not sure, but like Facebook is looking at like very, very nuanced signals that they, you know, could probably put together like, oh, you know, maybe this person who likes Kylie Jenner and reads Vogue and, um, and has like a stitch fix and a bark box those are the people who, and like, that's not my, I don't have a bark box or stitch fix, but like, I'm th- throwing out ideas. Like but Kylie Jenner all the way. Like, <laughs> like the Kardashians, keeping up with them for sure. But um, funny story, uh, Kim Kardashian opened for me at a, at a conference what? in SoCal. For you? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> she was just the session before me. But anyway. She opened. Nice. <laughs> yeah, she was before me, so she's an opener. She's an right? opener. Yeah, she's love opener. it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, so like, so Facebook's data algorithm and creative serving algorithm is looking at all these like nuanced data points and putting it together based on what you tell it to convert towards. And again, like it's something that like we as, you know, people, we can only think of so many things they're looking at hundreds of thousands and like yeah. what, like, <laughs> yeah. well, however many a ton of that number points. that is. Well, it's, it's a good point too. I remember um, even, you know, anecdotally, right? So working with, uh, in the agency side, working on a, uh, a popular weather app, right? And so we're doing a lot of weather targeting, right? So Mary, I'll ask you this. And this has been a, it was a fun realization for us. Do you have a weather app? On my phone? Yeah, on your phone. Um, or do you just use the native one? I just use the native one. Okay. Though so, I, I do really enjoy the screen caps that I get from friends who have like the really snarky one. That yeah, it's no, like, that's a good one. <laughs> I, I like that one. So what we found was a lot of people, they have, let's just say that they had a weather app. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next question is, would you consider yourself like a weather geek or would you say that you're interested in the weather? Right. So at what points on your profile are you saying, Yes, I love the weather, right? But all we're targeting were like weather-related stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you end up just kind of like tapping out that audience, right? And you yeah, end up... totally. And it's like, oh, there's a whole other segment over here that don't aren't interested in the weather, but yet they want a weather app because maybe they're taking their kids to school. Right, exactly. Right? So like parents, they, they have parents. to know like uh, if it's well, going to, dress, to be like right? way too cold for them to like their little ones to stand outside waiting for the bus or if a storm's coming and they may have to pick their kids up early from school or I mean, maybe it's people who work um, in construction outside a lot. Yep. But people who are, you know... Um, you know, I wouldn't say like servants to the elements, but like what they do is greatly impacted by, by the elements. Yeah. And this is what, I mean, in exactly it, right? So this is after you do some research and you, but I think what I'm trying to get to is we started off with such low hanging fruit, but then we realized that's not scalable. Right. And like you have you to dig there? deeper. And this is the part that I, I, you're really getting at with the old school way is not so much relying so much more on, these partner categories are these, you know, the go-to audiences that we've always had. You have to dig mm-hmm. deeper, find those different audiences. And now the next part is really fun is crafting the the creative. We're, we're going to get into that in just a second because if Mary's here, we have to get into creative. <laughs> but uh, one more thing with audience insights. We, we, we can't we can't leave that one hanging. We got, we got to talk about audience insights and custom uh, audiences as well. Yeah. So this one, this one really hurt because... 
audience insights was just such a fantastic tool. And, um, and again, this is like a knee jerk reaction by Facebook because, you know, someone found a loophole with their bug bounty. And so they, they shut down, you know, audience insights and they shut down, um, the audience reach when you use a custom audience in, in targeting, even if you use it just to exclude, um, that makes it really hard for us to plan budgets because we don't know how big you know an audience will be if we use a custom audience and psychographic targeting we still get the audience preview in the audience tab but um yeah in terms of audience insights and that was um the tool where you could plug in a custom audience, you know, whether it was emails or people would bought something on your website or app or whatever. Um, and then Facebook would give you this like really colorful data about like who those people were, like what kind of other pages did they like? What was their demographic makeup? What kind of households did they come from? Like what was their income? And so that went away and that was, um, that really hurt. Um, it seems like, a simple enough solution for Facebook would be to close that loophole would be to just randomize the audience rounding and prediction. Um, you know, so maybe like maybe randomly it's, uh, you know, rounded up 3% and the next time it's rounded down 5% and the next time it's rounded up 1% or whatever it is. Um, just like kind of randomize it. I don't know. That seems simple, but I'm, I'm also not an engineer. Um, for now, I think like it's it's gone, but I bet it will come back. Um, it's certainly going to be reimagined, I would think, because that Minnesota accent came out there. Reimagined. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, it'll have to be reimagined. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> might have been Canadian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So some of that. Insight was tied back to third-party data when you know when it came to like household income and you know what um, what like persona profile they belonged to whether it was like a young up-and-coming city dweller or a silver senior whatever those mean yeah um, I love those <laughs> I know I'm just like these like these both sound like the same person. Um, uh, well, some of them do, uh, but I would put money that it would come back. But again, reimagined with Facebook data, they're figuring it out. How soon it will come back remains to be seen. They'll surprise us with it one day. One day it'll just be like, it's back. And yeah. then we'll all rejoice. Um, <laughs> Someone on Twitter will have a screenshot <laughs> and they'll like, hey, look, everyone, it's back. And it's I was like, back. wait, really? <laughs> and like, quite honestly, it'll be like back for a week before anyone notices. <laughs> always. Unless always. unless Facebook makes a big announcement and we, we catch on to it and they won't. <laughs> all right. So, well, we, we got you here. We got, let, let's call this part three. Part three of, uh, of this of this podcast or chapter three, however you want to say it. But I, I really, while you're here, we got to talk about ad creative. Um, you've given a ton of conference presentations on this. And I think, you know, I'll, I'll let you speak to it, but it seems like your research is really what makes you so good at this, right? I mean, you, you do extensive research, you understand these audiences. And so you really kind of get into this empathy aspect of it. So I'm gonna turn it over to you. And everyone's listening, so we, we, you know, we're we're talking about data. We've got things going away. Things are going to be maybe coming back, but 
what can we take away from all of this and how can we make our ads the best possible ads? Yeah, so most recently I've, I've been most passionate about creative and it's probably, you know, so it's why I am associate creative director. It's why like my talks at conferences have steered more towards creative because quite honestly, um, when you when you work with big budgets like we do at Uber, we can run a lot of tests. We can figure out what works um, in terms of campaign optimization, targeting, etc., very fast. Um, and so th there are just only so many optimization levers and audiences, buttons to pull and push and whatever. And so at, at the end of the day, once you've kind of optimized, you know, your ad type, your campaign bidding and, and all like placement and that kind of stuff, day of week, um, wh where do you go from there? Where do you improve? And that you know, the answer is always creative because you can always make your message. You can always make your creative better. There's always improvement. And also that's, you know, even though like your creative right now may be amazing and you've worked really hard and done a lot of tests to get it to that point, great. It will probably not be amazing in six months or it will probably need, you know, you know, something in the cultural zeitgeist may change to make that irrelevant or make that motivational message not as motivating as, as it once was. So, so creative, oftentimes needs to like be reworked and refined and that's just you know for one um one audience like when you layer in you know acquisition and remarketing and re-engagement and retargeting and in all of these different um steps throughout the funnel like there are like endless ways that like you as as a creative can refine that message um, to move those people further through the funnel. And that's, um, that's an important point that I want to make about Facebook ads is we as advertisers uh, get so bogged down thinking that ad has to make the sale in that, in that Facebook ad or that search ad or whatever, or display ad. At the end of the day, um, that ad's only job is to get the audience to take the next step. And that's it. And if you can make a sale on that, you know, Facebook ad or display ad, and like that was enough, then more power to you. But that's not that ad's role, and it rarely, rarely ever is. This has has always like plagued me as, as a copywriter because like I want to say everything in one ad and I want to say like you know to everybody all at once but like you don't and you can't and a people aren't going to give you the time to say it all and so you really have to boil it down to what's the motivator to get people to take the next step and you may figure out what that motivator is but then you'll have to refine how you say it or address it and so there's always, always, always creative iteration and, and improvement that can be made even on even on Evergreen. So, and we as, as marketers and we have so much data and so much like optimization uh, algorithms and, and mechanisms and whatever, 
like we often forget that just having really amazing creative can have as much business impact or as much ROI impact as just the next latest greatest optimization um, setting or or algorithm. So creative like can move that ROI needle for you and your clients um, or you and your business. Um, if not as much as those optimizations, I mean like if not more. Um, we, or you can you can do it every every week or every month. Like improve on that creative and like whittle away that um, those cost parts. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. I really like. Is we think too much about maybe just the sell, but it's like it's the action to the next step. Mm-hmm. What is the next step? And I, I like that that differentiation uh, differentiation of thinking through that within your own funnel, but really thinking through where is this audience in their customer journey. Right? right, and when you think through the life cycle of a customer, like what do I, what do we want them to do next? And I think that's a, I really like that one. So that one's really good. So let's let's break it down and give them uh, the audience even some more like really good stuff. When you talk about inciting the click, incite action, how how do we do that? So when we think about an ads job, is is to take the next step. Um, the visual element of your ad, be it motion or static, um, that has to get people to stop scrolling. And Facebook says, you know, people scroll on mobile at a rate of um, 1.7 seconds per post. So you have about a second to grab someone's attention with an image. And that's really, really fast. Um, So think about, the image or the visual as as a thumb stopper. Um, this is why like really just like weird images work because our brain is confused. And when our brain is confused, we seek to rationalize or seek to appease that confusion by looking at the context around it. And that means reading the headline, reading the text copy. So quite honestly, when it comes to an inciting ad, it starts with an image that's going to get people to stop. Because if they're not going to stop, they're not reading your copy. Because they're, they're not reading that copy in, in a second. Like, they're, they're already scrolling through it. Um, and they're not going to read the copy unless, like, that visual element stopped them first. So that's visual element's job. The ad's job as a whole, then, is to take the next step. Um, and how you incite the click is to... Um, I like I. It boils down to like being relevant, understanding your audience, um, and like I mentioned, that can be like you know writing about like like a nod or a wink to like an inside joke or a nod or a wink to you know what how or what you targeted. Um, we did we did Facebook ads for. Um, a food delivery company um, a few years ago. It wasn't Uber Eats. Should have been. Um, <laughs> next year. Yeah, next year. <laughs> next year. But we did um, targeting around all of these, what I call them, couch events because it's food delivery. And so I wanted to hit people who, A, were going to be at home and wanted to be at home and wanted to be, you know, engrossed in something at home so they're not you know like a podcast you can kind of cook and listen to a podcast or whatever um but like in terms of tv 
events that happened. Super so, Bowl. Yeah. yeah like so, that, right? Super yeah, Bowl. Okay. Um, this was around the time of March Madness. Oh, nice. So we had to allude to the fact that people should order in for this event without saying March Madness because the NCAA uh, nice. would be like down <laughs> your throat like faster than uh, you can press publish on Power Editor. Um, so we had to, you know, have a little wink and a nod to the audience that like, yo, you're going to be watching basketball for weeks straight, <laughs> hours on end. Um, and like, I think one of the lines was madness is um, a crowded bar, you know, or like trying to watch the game at, at a crowded bar or like mad, you know, like something like that. Or like madness, madness is yeah. like ordering like crappy pizza for the big game or something like that. Yeah. Um, or like you have a lot of basketball to watch, you know, alluding to like, this is like a week's long event, not like a month. Um, it was the bane of my existence for a long time. Too much basketball. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so like March Madness or like Game of Thrones had just like come back or was was about to, you know, start a new season. And so we would, you know, pump out ads that said, you know, put Joffrey's 77 courses to shame. And so that, so that was like around the, the purple wedding or like we would, you know, make like fun like winks and nods to the audience and those like went gangbusters mm -hmm. because they were relevant like they were kind of funny um and and they, they were smart and well targeted and i think that and i mean like quite honestly like food is easy it's beautiful like people love seeing that those visuals on facebook so that was that was helpful um that we had a really like sexy product which food really is um we also identified a motivator, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you're thinking through, um, you know, we were kind of talking before, like motivating versus like a barrier, right? So mm -hmm. how do you how do you kind of play with those two things, motivations versus like a barrier to entry or something like that? Like how do you do you do you think through those things as like a brand or a category? Um, whenever you're thinking through copy and images. Yeah. So well, before you even you know kind of start brainstorming about like your creative approach is you want to identify brand motivators and and barriers and then identify like those those category motivators and barriers so this is you know almost like a, a SWOT analysis where you're thinking like okay why why does someone need a product like this as, as a category and what's the the motivator for our product how is our product different or what is going to make someone not take the next step um, in buying our product is it is it our brand is it our price point is it just they a lack of awareness or knowledge to like what this is or does is it you know do we have you know bad reviews online all that kind of stuff and then identify you know what are the reasons that a user can overcome that barrier and and purchase from you? Cool, cool. Well, I also uh, saw you that you had mentioned write soundbite style copy. What do you mean by soundbite style copy? Yeah, so I mean I've been writing in like <laughs> headlines or like thinking about copy in terms of soundbites for. I mean, like Marty taught me to do it like years and years ago. So like, um, write like clips of copy in, in sound bites because 
essentially, when we talk about people scrolling through at 1.7 seconds, that's all you really get. Like, they're not there to read a whole sentence uh, sometimes. So, like, thinking, like, snappy headlines um, in terms of... Um, writing in, in sound bites. And so like, well, I'll often write in sound bites and then kind of refine and then identify either what needs more explanation in that sound bite or what, or sometimes it's, it's a question or, or like has the audience like ask itself a question. And like, you really have to then like thread that needle into the landing page or other supporting copy, whether that's the text copy or landing page, or maybe it's like, text on the image. Um, so identifying like those like really snappy sound bites um, that is just like old um, old advertising hat, right? Um, we always wrote in like headlines. Snappy headlines or like three word statements. Um, it's very like Mad Men, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's toasted. Yeah. I always remember like there's this one episode with uh, Don, you know, and I think he's like, give me 20 headlines by, by lunch or something, you know, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking through and always hearing this as well, like the first 10 are always the easiest. Mm -hmm. You can write 10 headlines pretty quick. It's the last 10 that you really have to like think through. And the, a lot of times those are actually your best ones rather than like the ones that come to you really quick because those mm -hmm. are probably, again, the easy ones. But it's the ones where you use the research and you really kind of put yourself in their shoes getting the empathy for the user that's going to be reading this mm -hmm. but sometimes those later ones will actually be the best performers yeah i mean really it's about riffing on those initial ideas and when you're either in a brainstorm you know with other people or just by yourself like write out like in your head like Sometimes you're like, I want to say it's like this and that's really ineloquent or maybe it's like just totally wrong or like really on PC. Like that's okay. Like those ideas don't have to be set in stone, but like write out that like abstract or like what you're trying to say and then kind of boil it down. I also am an advocate of going like way too far with ad copy and then walking it back. Um, because if you write ad copy for marketing legal or like for a brand, your client, that you're writing it to get approved, you're always going to have really safe, boring ad copy. And like, <laughs> and so like go a bit too far, have legal walk you back a bit or have the client walk you back a bit, but then like they'll understand what you're trying to say and maybe just sanitize one word instead of a whole sanitized message it's not very compelling um yeah like they'll they'll say like you know i really like i like it but we can't say revolutionary like no brand has ever let me say revolutionary <laughs> i guess they think the public thinks like they may actually start a revolution which uh whatever but like <laughs> That's it's, a great example. So, like, it's like software companies, and we're like, it's, you know, accounting software revolution. And they're like, not not revolution, um, because no. like, <laughs> And I was like, no, no one, there, there's not going to be a riot of, of accountants yeah. starting a, an accounting revolution. Or nice. We'll have to start a PPC revolution here well, at, yeah. at, at oh. an ad stage. Yeah. That's, that's our next podcast, <laughs> PPC 
crazy revolutions. Well, cool. Let's um, let's really like kind of take it home and bring it home. So we, we really talked quite a bit, right, around Cambridge Analytica, Congress. We talked about ad copy. We talked about images. We talked about partner categories, third-party data, audience insights. Where would you want to leave the audience with? Like, you know, what, what are some of those takeaways that you would say, hey, this is what I want to say? Regulations is coming more. More disclosure and regulation is coming. That's, it's, it's already happening. And I think it will happen as, as a whole to the internet. So not just Facebook. Um, what happened when Zuckerberg went to Congress uh, was he freaked them out. And not just by like what Facebook knows, but he freaked them out as to like what you know is possible out there online in terms of data and privacy. So I would expect more of that to come. Um, maybe not at the level of Europe's GDPR, but at at some level, um, it, it it's going to come, and it will probably be overcorrected at first um, and, and overreached, but like we'll likely, you know, walk back because certainly that there are um, big companies who have lots of lobbying money to um, write those quote unquote plain English <laughs> legislative documents. Um, so that's coming it, and just get ready and make sure that what you're doing is above board. Uh, in terms of you know, what went away with Facebook in terms of third-party data targeting? Not worried, really excited. Um, advertisers out there in, in podcast land, you know, start you know, start transitioning audiences. So it's not a complete surprise when that targeting goes away and you have to start a new audience. I would start starting both now so you get at least a benchmark of, of expectation of like, you know, we expected this and this is what we were getting when you, we were using third party data. And this is, you know, our cost pers or, you know, what we're getting when we use, you know, Facebook based data or just letting the, the algorithm run wild. So, so start doing that now, start mapping out what audiences need to be transitioned to, um, to the news data zeitgeist. Um, when it comes to audience insights, like I said, I think that'll come back. Um, and then the audience reach when you use custom audiences, I think it'll come back once they figure out how to close that loophole and I'm, I'm, it'll happen. Um, I'm just, I'm very confident of that. It was, it was too good of a tool to, um, to take away from us. And it was just, it was so helpful. And I, I know like people are upset that it's gone and Facebook knows that. Um, when it comes to creative, always, always, always like improve creative. Like I, I know you think that like maybe just changing a couple headlines or, or like body text isn't going to move the needle a whole lot. I, but really it can, it can if you do it in a very thoughtful way, in a strategic way. Um, and really it, it boils down to getting people to stop, stop scrolling. So your job as, as a Facebook advertiser when it comes to the creative piece is to get users to stop scrolling and you do that with an image that grabs their attention and then 
get users to take the next step with copy that incites that click, invites that click, um, and, and gets users to, um, to continue their journey or start a journey. I think, I think that's it. Nice. I mean, like, I, I feel like there's more I could say, but like... <laughs> oh, we can I, go I, on I, and on. I feel on. like we, we have a, a good, solid, uh, solid takeaways there. Awesome. Well, Mary, thanks again. It was such a pleasure having you on the podcast that was actually recorded. And it was also a pleasure having you on the one that wasn't recorded. <laughs> but uh, thanks again for your time, uh, effort, and for all the things that you do for the industry. Yeah, thanks for having me, JD. We should do it again. <laughs> we, we should. Well, maybe like a year later is what we've learned from this podcast. <laughs> Next time one. Facebook gets in trouble, <laughs> hot takes. Yeah, call in Mary. Yeah, that's right. Well, cool. Well, thanks again, uh, everyone, for listening in uh, to the podcast. And we'll see you guys next week.